Welcome back to the many, For Many People's Strength podcast. I am your host, Jamie Nugabauer, playing a little bit sick with a cold, so if my voice sounds a little bit more radio voice and husky-like, it's because my sinuses are uh, as clogged as the field was in Kingston, Jamaica a couple <laughs> days ago. Uh, and I'm joined by uh, Matt Gourley, who uh, has been fantastic throughout this podcast. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me again today, Matt. Glad to be here. I enjoy it. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, Matt, are you uh, in Toronto? Are you going to Toronto? Oh, we talked about this. You're not, right? Unfortunately, I'm not. I unfortunately wish I was. I yeah. was just talking to someone in the, the Winnipeg airport, uh, already getting some FOMO, but uh, what are you going to do? Right, yeah. So yeah, we talked about that and a bunch of our friends, my brother, obviously, Rob Notenboom, our fearless leader here in Regina, and uh, one of the key Voyagers leaders, and a bunch of people obviously are going to be there. It seems like it'll be pretty packed tomorrow in Panama but let's let's look back quickly first uh you know lots of hate going on in the social media world about Canada's nil-nil draw in Jamaica and you know certainly they had chances you know I think about Alfonso Davies really early put just one just wide and um you know obviously uh, Liam Miller's you know backdoor tapping should have been in if you're a professional soccer player but now that I've had time to cool down you know, the, the age old uh, point, and I guess that's what maybe uh, the the manager uh, was saying post game was, you know, you, you draw on the road, you win at home and that's the good, that's a good recipe, no matter what, the, what it looks like. Is that fair or are you disappointed? Um, I will say, I think that's fair. That being said, I'm still disappointed. Um, you know, I think we talked in maybe the first podcast about kind of the, the, the plan and how to draw this up to qualify. And uh, you need wins, and you're going to get most of those at home. But I do think it's more realistic to think that they'll need to to get a road win, as opposed to saying you're going to win all your home games. They've already not won all their home games. Um, I don't know if Jamaica was the road win that we would have said was the likely one uh, before things got going. However, when you look at Jamaica missing uh, two central defenders, their two best players, two or three other players from the English Championship. You know, their right back is playing on one leg. Um, the team's in disarray. There was a big mutiny in, in Austin with the airport. They got out of Austin. They turned around to go back to pick up some Jamaican Federation suits. And then those guys weren't there and the players wouldn't get back on the bus. I mean, Jamaica was ripe for the picking. And I, uh, you can know that, but then to look at the game and see the state of the pitch, see how narrow it is at the office, um, see how rotated the Canadian squad is, see how many players can is missing, which is not to be discounted too, right? I mean, there's a ton of players missing either through injury or through suspension, which then goes back to that conversation we had about, you know, is it the best plan to kind of go all out in the Azteca or do you rather say, you know, maybe we can take three points in Jamaica versus trying to to get two draws, but, um, you know, I think they, they had a chance to get three points and obviously that Liam Miller miss is going to loom pretty large. I mean, there was other chances. They could have done a better job of creating more chances. The performance could have been a little bit sharper, but, um, that's a great chance. And that's a great chance to pick up two more points. And, um, you need to score goals like that in those situations. And I, I, I don't want to rip on Liam Miller because I actually thought he was maybe Canada's best player in the first half. He certainly was right up there. He created two good chances uh, with his passing and I thought generally played fairly well. But, oh boy, 
That's yeah. that is, is a very nice save by Andre Blake as well. But you put that almost anywhere else, but where you put it, and it's a goal. So yeah. Um, well, you mentioned. It's, it's, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Well, you. I just want to circle back really quickly. You mentioned O'Neill Fisher, the Los Angeles Galaxy fullback, playing on one leg. He was outstanding. Well, I mean, I, sorry, I actually was thinking about this Powell, who's normally their right back, who, sorry. who who started the match injured, then subbed out. But no, O'Neill Fisher played great. Yeah, and he we was talked a little bit about um, uh, Davies and and when you play Davies, and I actually sort of said, you know, the. Who? The one team that plays Davies well has been Jamaica, and partly is because they can run with them. Not that anyone right. can really run with them, but I mean, you saw that. I mean, yeah. Um, partly that's Fisher's right in his face the second he got the ball. But um, yeah. you know, they did a nice job on Alfonso Davies, which um, most teams have not been that successful. The other interesting thing, and I think disappointing thing for everyone involved, was um, this is not the second road game this window where. Mexico was only for a stretch, but I mean, Jamaica didn't really get after Canada. Um, In the second half, you would have thought with so much at stake for them in a home game, um, and they'd be thinking they're facing Canada without Laren, without Estacchio, without Hutchinson, you know, they got to be thinking this is our great chance to maybe steal three points too. They didn't really push that main numbers forward. Canada really didn't get many counter opportunities, which is not what you would expect with a CONCACAF, you know, qualifying round road game. Yeah. Um, if I'm in Jamaica, I'm really disappointed they didn't push more because Canada had a lot of the ball and dominated the ball in the second half. They didn't create a ton with it, but Jamaica also didn't really press numbers forward and really push to get that, that goal to maybe the last five minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it was clear that uh, Theodore Whitmore, the manager for Jamaica, had a plan and his team had that plan. And, you know, they knew that the Canadians have a lot of pros who play in, you know, MLS and, and other big leagues are used to nice manicured fields and, you know, the ball moves and, and, you know, it's, it's a pretty game, but, you know, they, they knew it wasn't going to be pretty. So they were going to, we're going to push, they weren't going to give Canada that space in behind that, that Mexico did. And I think, it was a situation where I thought the Jamaicans deserved the three points, to be honest. Like they hit the post. Kamar Roof was in, in terms of attacking individuals, he was probably the best player on the field on both sides, you know, in my opinion. I think Kamar Roof hit the post, you know, and and he, you know, he, Sammy Piet kind of dwelled on the ball one time for about an hour and a half. And everyone was like, What are you doing? Move it. But he wasn't moving it. And then Kamar Roof was like, All right, well, thanks. And then he just put it over the crossbar. So, uh, you know, I thought Roof was outstanding, and he, and then he has yeah he had that header where he stepped in front of Piet again, who um, lots of polarizing questions, and we'll get to Sammy Piet in a second. But I don't know. I think the Jamaicans got to be happy. I think they they you know they they definitely wanted to win, but I think they figured there was a way to win the way they they game planned, and it didn't come off. They hit the post like they just missed, and uh, you know one bounced the other way, and and we're talking about this as an absolute disaster in Jamaica. So. Um, you know, I think I, I, I kind of think it actually, you know, went exactly as the Jamaicans hoped and planned and, and it almost worked out that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll jump right then to, um, you know, one guy I want to talk about. And, you know, we even in our little group chat with some fans here in Regina, you know, there's there was disagreement about whether Sammy Piet had a good game or not. 
Um, I think he, without the ball, Sam, if he had had a good game with the ball, he was horrendous. <laughs> I think there's, you know, very, the, I have space for both, but I don't know what you would agree with that or not. I, I thought Piet had a tremendous first half. I thought as the game wore on, um, he struggled to to move the ball quick enough and obviously got dispossessed, as you mentioned, by Roof on that chance. And I I mean, Roof missed that goal by inches. That being said, it was a four on three, and I was really surprised he shot from the outside the area, but he almost put it in, so I can't really um, complain about his decision-making, but it was an interesting choice. But yeah, to Piet, um, I thought he played fairly well. Um, but as you say, like that giveaway could have been, you know, as we talked about the Miller miss, you know, if that Piet giveaway ends up being a, a goal, that's devastating too. Um, you know, the the roof chance where he wasn't able to get the header on target, that was a bit of Derek Cornelius for me too, and just not being quite in the right position either. And Cornelius mostly played a pretty good game, but there's a couple little mistakes that almost cost them when it came to those decent uh, Jamaican chances. Um, a lot of the Jamaican chances came off set pieces, which is not to be unexpected. Kamar Lawrence played really well and delivered yeah. some nice set piece ball, and they were just so dominant in the air. So, yeah. um, and that's their strengths, right? They they they're they're good on set pieces. They're physical. They're good in the air. Um, Canada's not quite that team these days, but uh, you know, I thought yeah, played okay. It was the kind of match that you know, we talked before the match. I was hoping he'd start it. it suits him. It's going to be physical. It's going to be scrappy. Uh, Grant on the other end is also a carbon copy of Sammy Piet. There's some similar players, both classic number sixes. Yeah. You know, you had Javon Watson in there, who I thought looked a little bit off the pace, but he dropped back in defense. And then you got Speedy Williams out there, who's another quick kind of physical guy. So, well, I think um, I think you may yeah, sorry to interrupt your the, the Jamaican midfield you just mentioned was combined about a hundred years old. So, well, yeah, I, with no disrespect I, yeah, intended, you, they both had you know long professional careers, but. You, know. you got you you got Watson who's turning thirty eight next week I think and yeah. uh, is naturally a central midfielder playing in the back and then Mariapa doesn't have a club in thirty five yeah. beside him you're just thinking this is this is the center defense player that shut out Canada for the first time we're yeah. qualifying the cycle like but you know it's just that kind of a day and I mean and you you can't discount the, the pitch was bad it's narrow it's it's tough yeah. to play on but. Um, it's just a shame because I do think they're going to need a road win. And it's, uh, you know, a place like Costa Rica at least should have a decent pitch and the crowd's not on top of you the way it used to be. You know, El Salvador's, I think, not the strongest team. Um, <laughs> but match day 14 is in Panama. So, um, yeah. you know, as we as we look way off into the future of 2022, that last match away to Panama is looming big on the horizon. And, um We'll see what happens there, but I hope uh, I hope we have things in hand before we we make that trip. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, you know, and John Herdman and his guys are not big on excuses, and that I think as Canadian national team fans, we can appreciate that. Um, I think there was a lot of potential excuses for this team, and you know, uh, I was upset. I think they should have won, obviously, put the, the, the rosters together. Um, you know, who on Jamaica is making this Canada team? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Kamar Lawrence, you know, maybe, maybe Kamar Roof. I don't really know, but it, that's another, that's a conversation I don't really want to get into, but it's, it's a situation where, you know, on, an, on, a, on a day where, you know, you're not two days off of a huge emotional output against Mexico and, 
hearing along a lot in the media about how good you are and and everything and finding a way to grind out a result in that sort of a situation i think uh it does speak a lot about the character of this team so i i'll take it not obviously thrilled but we'll take it we move on and you can't take you can't worry about the past you can't worry about give me the games down the road all you can do is worry about tomorrow and tomorrow is a panama team coming off of a 1-0 win at home against the usa which was created like a national holiday it seems like in panama uh their fans were <laughs> part of it in a big way in terms of running on the field and the referee didn't do anything about it which was kind of weird but at the end of the day it was not a very good performance by the americans either so there's that but uh you know how much does canada fear this panama team how much should they uh, you've got to, I don't think, I mean, Canada doesn't fear anyone. They show that the Azteca, when you try and go toe-to-toe with the Mexicans in the Azteca, I don't think there's any fear. Uh, they need to respect this Panama team because um, they have a lot more depth than I certainly was going to give them, giving them credit for at the start of the cycle, and uh, they're showing it. Um, the two big interesting things to me, um, Martinez, who used to play for the Columbus crew, um, people remember him slotted in as a defensive midfielder, but... Uh, uh, Freddie Gondola, um, the left winger, made his debut this cycle. You know, his first start against the U.S. and I thought he was tremendous. Um, you know, so they're finding guys that aren't even really part of their group. They're, they're doing a job. Um, you know, we uh, we might those were the two guys that got inserted in the lineup to start against the U.S. Otherwise, it was nine of the same starters um, from their first match of the window, the loss um, in a mud bowl against El Salvador. Speaking of tough pitches to play on um but uh i'm curious what they do because you know playing nine guys to start two straight matches will they heavily rotate the squad um i don't know if i were them i'd have a tough time um doing that and just saying wow we 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 can't start these guys but uh, you know we'll see how the depth looks like and see what they do with it i i think there's a pretty decent chance that uh Cooper slots in back in his old stomping grounds in Toronto. He might be a good fit for that central midfield role, but uh, yeah. they got a lot of good players and they, their back lines played a lot of games together. Obviously uh, they get Cummings back this window as their captain and uh, Mario and Davis are both quite good. Um, so yeah, I'm curious how they do, but yeah, that uh, Freddie Gondola, who's a player I, I don't really know much about uh, really impressed me as a guy that just came out of nowhere and had a really nice game against the U S and watching him play, it kind of brought back some of Herbman's comments about we were, you know, we're a settled group and we're uh, with that familiarity and we've all kind of got through struggles together. And I, it's fantastic. And I think that's built that really good team unity. But, um, you know, it'd be great if we had someone who came in out of nowhere and made a contribution, whether that's, you know, Scotty Arfield, as we've talked about a lot, mm-hmm. or even uh, a Richie Ennin who, you know, honestly was the kind of player you look like you could have used against Jamaica as sort of a, a quick, um, tricky player who plays between the lines a little bit and can, can play centrally or through the channels and is is that nice guy to combine with other players around the area. So um, I didn't expect Anna to be involved, but um, I don't know. Uh, it looks like there was room to maybe start bringing some new faces potentially, and I think... Um, uh, you know, we'll see how the injury situation is like. It'd be great if uh, if some people had uh, had flown in from Turkey yesterday. I haven't heard anything in that regard, so I'm assuming that's probably not. No news is bad news, but uh, yeah. even Lucas Cavallini being involved would help. Yeah, because well, we uh, saw already. David and Davies have logged a lot, lot of minutes. 
Yeah, well, we saw, uh, or I saw, I'm sure you did too, on Twitter, the uh, Besiktas social media putting up a picture of Atiba and uh, Laren training in Istanbul. So, um, yeah, it seems unlikely that they'd jump on a plane now, but you never know. Uh, I mean, I was always thinking knows? that... <laughs> Herdman loves that secrecy, Laren so... <laughs> but Laren in particular um, yeah. felt like he should be healthy by this by this point. Yeah. So even when he didn't join up right away, I was thinking, well, he could still fly into Toronto and, and, you know, contribute and then fly back. It wouldn't be the end of the world. I don't really see Atiba doing that given um, the mileage on his legs and how much, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot to ask for a guy to, to fly across the, the ocean, particularly with his age. And, and I think he's got a bit of a more serious injury than, uh, than Kyle does, but yeah. I guess we don't know all the, the details and how they're recovering. Well, I mean, I think about uh, I think think about that Liam Miller chance against Jamaica, and you know, I criticized Kyle Aaron for certain things, just in terms of you know being a link up guy, being a back to back to the defenders guy, you know, making a nice layoff, you know, that kind of a thing. And unfortunately, I don't think I know about even though he's a big boy, like that's not really his thing. Like he doesn't seem like that big of a threat on set pieces for the most part, except for the goal off his butt against Honduras in Vancouver. Um, you know, again, I wish he was more of a threat in those areas, but and a big, big but here is he puts away that Liam Miller chance and he put away a chance, you know, very similar kind of like that to the USA in the USA game. And, um, you know, he, he, he can finish in situations like that. And when maybe a guy like Liam Miller freaks out and, uh, so, you know, we definitely missed him and, um, you know, the last, you know, Canadian guy I want to specifically talk about about this uh, game and then we'll kind of go into more broader strokes is uh, you know, Johnny David's coming in for a lot of criticism. Um, there was a specific question in the media that if you read between the lines, when a media guy post games, you know, and a guy doesn't score, doesn't really part of the game. It doesn't feel like he's asking basically the media guy is saying, Hey, John Herdman, like, are you willing to criticize Jonathan David right now? Was basically if you, if you put the question in other terms and John Herdman obviously wasn't willing, he was saying, Oh, he's putting in, the work like how do i word this without criticizing the kid <laughs> um but uh you know how much criticism does johnny david deserve um david's an interesting player in that he he always looks like he's working hard he does press the back line and and you know sometimes goes around the horn trying to press the ball with not much support behind him um when the team's playing a certain way he doesn't get involved a lot. And we see that actually a lot uh, with Lil, especially early days, you know, they, they didn't want to get the ball to him in certain areas. Now he's getting much more involved in linking up, but um, against Jamaica, I I didn't think he, um, he had many opportunities there. I just felt like he was fairly isolated. Some of that was on, on Osorio, who as much as we thought Osorio was great against Mexico, I thought Osorio was not terribly good um, against Jamaica. And I thought, that connection there and that connection centrally wasn't really uh, present. But the part of that is how much Canada tries to play down the flanks. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't necessarily suit David's game. He's not going to be a guy that, um, you know, 
He's not a big guy. Gets, be- gets between the two central defenders and heads with the header. You know, he's he's good. Let's get cut out on a guy like Johnny David. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing is, I mean, we obviously Davies gets just overwhelming attention, but David's getting a lot of attention too. Yeah. And I mean, the Miller chance is a pretty good example where that's a that's a near post ball to Johnny David, and all the defenders are dragged to that near post run. There's absolutely no one in the rest of the area, which is why Miller had acres of space, but um, yeah, that's part of the effect. And the, we saw that with the, uh, the Osorio goal as well in Mexico, right? I mean, Davis drawing attention, then Davis gets the ball in that area and people all come out and there's just all the space for Osorio. But if you look at the chance that where Laurie had that decent shot that was sort of punched away and Buchanan uh, hit the rebound over the net to, against Mexico, Osorio again was in wide open space. Um, for Larray to play that ball into if he had chosen to do so. Whereas David, again, is really marked, marked tightly. So um, David is creating space for other people, and I think he's working. Um, they need to do a better job of finding those open players because I think they're there. And when you have Buchanan, Larray, particularly Laren, who's obviously scoring a lot of goals in qualifying, he's been a benefactor of of maybe being not the forefront of the defense's game plan. He seems to be finding more space than than David has. Um, But David, when he gets chances, he needs to score. And he hasn't had a lot of chances, but he also hasn't scoring. So um, I think there's room for improvement there, but I don't think it's all a John, Johnny David problem. I think he's, he's playing fairly well and he's working hard. Um, I think he can work maybe a little smarter, but I think once there's better players around him, um, he'll find more space because, and and hopefully if he doesn't find more space, that's just good news for everyone else. Yeah, it's tricky. It's a, it's a thing where um, he certainly, you know, needs the right players around him and, you know, wide guys, you know, trying to get overloads one-on-one. Um, you know, you'd think the cutback game would be great for for Johnny David, and you know maybe that'll come. Obviously, I want him around. I'm not saying cut him, not not even by not not at all. He's one of our best players, but you know it, it's it's tough. I mean, that's that's the the thing about being the number nine, I guess, is uh, the glory is glorious, but uh, when you're not, you know, you can get when you're not involved. It's not like you're a defender where you're making plays like that. It's it can be kind of quiet. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great game all around for uh, the Canadians. They know they can play better. And, um, you know, they talk about the, the uh, elements that they're expecting in Toronto will, will be very, very different. So we talk about this game again, we talked about uh, Panama a little bit already. And obviously Armando Cooper coming back where he scored the, uh, or almost scored, I guess the last goal of the MLS cup. And that was sort of his last play as a TFC player. And, off the post, rounding the keeper, and then it hits uh, uh, Victor Vasquez where the sun don't shine and goes in. But, um, you know, great, great memories for TFC fans, of course. But, uh, uh, you know, it, that uh, that game should be interesting in another way, too, because, you know, as much as the turnaround was tough coming into, um, coming off the Mexico game and notwithstanding Alfonso Davies and Johnny David, who will see how many minutes, you know, those guys have, whether they start, whatever, um, you know, there should, there should be some good, fresh Canadians like Larea should be pretty fresh. Stacchio, you know, should be pretty, pretty fresh. I mean, John, like, can will Junior Hoylet play? I don't know. But, um, you know, the, Kamal Miller will be fresh. I mean, there's, uh, 
there's there's some more freshness coming in, I guess, here for Canada too. And uh, maybe maybe some of those guys not playing in that uh, Jamaica game will really really spur them. Uh, really thinking about Tejan Buchanan. Yeah, they and they need those players. They need that freshness to be a factor. There's no reason why, you know, with with Eustachio, you know, certainly played both matches, but not nearly as much. But you know, on a full, almost a full week's rest, which is a huge luxury at this the way this qualifying campaign is going. You've got Pretoria and Miller in the back, plus Lorraine Buchanan, who are just just speed to kill. So um, hopefully, they're all ready to go. And I mean, it would be great if, if junior oil is healthy, I don't know how serious his injury is. It sounds like it's not too serious, but um, I think it'd be nice to have him inserted as well. Uh, particularly given, I suspect Panama is going to be a little leggy, but um, this is a big match for them. So we'll see how, you know, there's, you know, I hear people saying, well, can you play David and Davies three straight matches? And I mean, you probably shouldn't, and they probably shouldn't have played them both in the first two, but, um, this is getting close to being, you know, make or break time and woke up qualifying. This is a huge match and you can't really play a huge match and saying, well, can't really play Davies. You know, this is, it's, it's now it's got, he's got to play now. And so I think mm-hmm. Davies is definitely starting. And I think given the fact that, you know, as I say, unless Kyle Aaron is in Toronto right now, um, in which case I, I probably would start him and let David maybe come off the bench, but particularly yeah. if oil is healthy, but, um, um, you know, with, with unless someone's arriving out of the blue, I think David definitely starts, and he might even start if if Laren is there and or if Cavalini's available, one or the other. Yeah, well, especially since Brim has just been so useless since he came in. Uh, he, I mean, to, to be you know to give Brim a little bit of a pass, he hasn't had a lot of time, hasn't been very involved. No. But um, sure, that was a you're head so, scratcher. You're so even minded. <laughs> I mean, it was a head scratcher going in. I was like, well, let's see. And you know, I heard them said, you know, I like the way he plays with better players. And I said, yeah, I can kind of see that. Sure. He likes to kind of play quick one twos and kind of, you know, you stick him with some really good players. He might look okay, but yeah, um, he's young too. Yeah. The more I watch Charles Andreas from the more I miss, uh, the more I miss um, our guy in Orlando. Um, Tesho Akindeli. Tesho Akindeli. <laughs> Yeah, I miss Tesho too. I thought Tesho was great I, against Mexico. Did exactly what he was supposed to be in that game. Just, so. I mean, if if you're going to throw someone out there for ten minutes, why you know why would it not be Tesho back in Delhi? I don't, I don't Absolutely. really know. Absolutely, and I, I feel like Tesho is a guy. You, you know, he maybe isn't going to go ten out of ten, but you give him a chance, he might finish it. It's a very good chance. Yeah, um, oh, I'm with you. He's not going to create a chance for himself or anything, but. I that would have been the way I went there with that last spot, but uh, that wasn't what happened. And I, I don't really think they ever imagined Brim would end up playing a ton. But no, well, um, you have you have David, you have uh, Laren, you have Cavallini, like you have Junior Hoylet, like you know, you don't expect all of them to have issues at once. But I mean, and Iowa Canola is obviously out. Who would be I. certainly yeah. in that mix if right. uh, if he was healthy as well? So um, yeah. So we're really the, deep into the depth chart here is the point. The, the Yeah, the nine spot is not uh, not the deepest position on the team, and there really isn't that um, big physical target guy like a, like a Shamar Nicholson that Jamaica has, who's just a handful. Yeah, um, but I mean, as big seen... as Laren is, like you said, he, he kind of wants to be that yeah. periphery guy who plays off of someone else. Yeah, but you watch Which Orlando, is how David wants there... to play too. 
Yeah. And you watch Orlando at their best and Tesho is doing is linking really well. So I don't know. He, he's, he's a very solid professional capable MLS level player. Yeah. I'm not sure at this moment. Again, he's young. I would not say the same about Charles Andreas Grimm. So exactly. Yeah. No, there you go. It was, it was an interesting choice. Yeah. And it'll be interesting. And, you know, I don't mind if, uh, you know, Alfonso doesn't start. And if you're micro Michael Murillo, and I don't know why Panama wouldn't play Michael Murillo <laughs> right back because he's been outstanding in the uh, qualifying so far and, you know, plays in the Anderlecht, one of the few guys on the Panamanians that play at a high level and obviously a former MLS player himself. Um, you know, he, he, if you're late in the game, you know, it's maybe it's one, one or nil, nil in Toronto, maybe you're a little bit chilly or something and it's, you're tired. And then Alfonso Davies comes on as a sub, um, you know, good luck to you, my friend. So, you know, well, that's kind of the role I was expecting him to play in one of the first two matches where you, yeah. you, I mean, especially the Jamaica game, the way it played out. I mean, you could have just mucked it up and, and put some, some guys out there to put in a shift and, and do some dirty work and let them run themselves out for 60 minutes and then put out a little bit more freshness, particularly with Davies. I mean, if he'd started a Wotherspoon, I, you know, when things have played out too differently in the first half, I'm not sure it really would have, but yeah, well, having that Davies option and then having him be fresher for this match. Um, I mean, that's all hindsight. You never know how things will play out if you do things differently, but yeah, well, Herdman, Herdman hates, rotating like you can tell he he did it that one time in that the gold cup i think a couple of years ago against mexico team got smoked and and he was i think that sat with him and he's like i'm gonna play as good of players as i humanly can without bayern munich you know sending death threats and without peshik cash sending death threats and without leo sending death threats i'm gonna play the best team i can as many games as i can and and that seems like his mentality, and that's his choice as the manager. So we we move on from that point. All right, we are uh, into uh, extra time here. Then, uh, then the question is: What is your prediction for tomorrow uh, in Toronto? I hate making predictions. Uh, I will say one nil Canada. Um, yep. I I hope I'm correct because I I think you know. The three home matches in a row here. This is this could be, um, this could be the run. This could be the three matches that determine what happens. Uh, if they get nine points, I think they're in very good shape. If they get um, anything significantly less than that, they have a ton of work to do. So, uh, but uh, tomorrow is the big one to start with. It's a big match. It's a winnable match. Yeah, well, they they played three of four, or they played uh, two of four, I guess, to, or two of five on the, at home and bunch of them on the road and they played in Mexico and in USA and in Jamaica already. So, um, you know, I guess they're due some, some home games and as it gets colder too. So that'll be interesting, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, Canada will figure it out, uh, tomorrow. And, you know, just like in the first window when there were two games and they got that magical draw in, uh, in the USA and people got to give them all their plaudits. They came home to play El Salvador. And just like, I think Panama will, be a little bit gassed as well and coming in and and it'll be tough and they'll have blown a lot of emotional energy against that in that USA 1-0 win. Um, that was, you know, I think mission accomplished for Panama in this window. So I think it could go up. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to be conservative and say 2-0 Canada, which is what I said against the Jamaica game. 
I guess, but uh, there you go. So I think Canada, I think this one's actually going to be pretty winnable for Canada. So um, we'll see. Hopefully uh, they don't make me eat my words, but we'll see what happens. But uh, Matt, thank you uh, again for joining me on the For Many People's Strengths podcast. And for everybody out there listening, uh, pass on the pod. Let us know what you think. Love to hear from you. Thanks. Thanks very much for your time, Matt. Thanks for having me. And thanks for everyone who's listening.